Hi there. Welcome to episode one of the Viva La Diva podcast. I'm your host, Laura J. Ingalls, and this is the place where I dare you to unapologetically love yourself. Today, to kick off this adventure, I want to talk about what it means to be a diva. But to do that, I think I first need to tell you a little bit about myself. I am a business owner, an entrepreneur. I own a business called Vivacious Life, which is a company that offers retreats and well-being programs for high-powered women. And I um, co-founded that company with two other incredible women. And uh, I'm also a published author. I am a TEDx speaker. I had a 10-year career in uh, as a professional actress. I um, I was recently featured in a documentary that was produced by Reebok. So I've got a lot of things going on that I am pretty proud of. But the origin of this story goes way back to when I was just a teeny-weeny little toddler. I, I was definitely born to be a diva. When I was like two years old and my parents would take me into Boston and uh, we would go to like Quincy Market or whatever. I was I was that kid that would stand up on any platform or bench or stoop or whatever and I would sing songs and I would tap dance and I, I mean people thought I was so cute they would like throw money at my parents. Um, like I remember my dad always tells me the story about taking me to amusement parks and going I used to love going down the slides, like the the big potato sack slides, and I would giggle and I would laugh and make such a fuss and make so much drama about it that people used to give my dad free tickets so that they would take me on again so that they could, you know, like, because I was just getting so much delight out of it and that was making them laugh. Um, And I had no problem being the center of everybody's attention. Um, And I carried that love of... Uh, connecting with people and making them smile and entertaining them throughout my my life as I grew up, I knew from a really young age that what I wanted was to be an actress and to be in the performing arts. I loved to sing and I wanted to be a professional singer. Um, I did theater all the way through high school and into college and then um, graduated and had, a, like I said, a 10-year career in the industry that I am very proud of. But along the way, something happened that started to undermine that that inner diva, that inner sense of knowing who I am, knowing my own worth, and and feeling really good about who I am. And that thing was going on my first weight loss diet when I was 14 years old. And I want to, like... I think the thing that's so remarkable about that is how unremarkable it was because the reason I went on this weight loss diet was because it was what literally everybody else that I knew was doing. Like all of the girls who weren't super skinny were going on diets. I would see them. I would see them at Weight Watchers meetings where I was going with my mom and with their moms. And so all of the women in my life were – it was like really normal – to make weight loss an everyday part of our lives. And in 
I don't, and I don't really have like some stunning weight loss journey. When I started out when I was 14, I really wasn't, I really wasn't that overweight. I remember thinking that I was, but when I was actually, I was getting ready, I gave a TEDx talk in November of last year. And I, in preparation for that, I was going back looking for pictures of my 14 year old self. And I was just shocked at how just normal that I looked. But anyway, besides the point, in my mind, I thought I was overweight and nobody else was telling me any different. Nobody was telling me that going on a diet wasn't a smart thing to do. Um, And to continue with sort of the unremarkable nature of this weight loss or non-weight loss journey, you know, I would lose weight on these diets and then I'd gain it back. And then I would go on another diet. Like, I, you know, I went on Herbalife and I went on, you know, I tried Ultra Slim Fast and the Atkins diet and being a vegetarian and and all these different things. And every time that I would try something, I, I would lose weight. And then inevitably I would just gain it all back. And in some cases I would gain back more. And in some cases, you know, I would just like immediately jump back onto a weight loss thing. And sometimes I would just let it get away from me and I would feel really depressed about it. But I don't think that I'm really all that different or special from other people, you know, from the 90% of people that I talk to whose weight loss story is almost identical to mine. But what I did notice was by the time I was 23 and I was really starting out on this career in the performing arts and I was being called upon to be vulnerable and be on stage and be connecting with audiences and and being completely, totally myself, when I would look at myself in the mirror, I was so frustrated with what I would see. And beyond that, I was frustrated with how I was feeling because there I just had this inner sense that if all of this dieting was really the way that I was supposed to live my life in order to be healthy, then somebody goofed. Um, I actually, I like had this crazy aha moment. I call it my F skinny moment. And that's actually the title of my book is F hashtag at sign K skinny, um, which is, is not directed at skinny people by any stretch of the imagination. It really is about this moment of frustration about not being skinny um, and and what it, I was learning or what I had learned up until that point about what it takes to be skinny. And it just seemed so crazy to me that feeling starving all the time and being so completely obsessed with food and, and with portion control and calorie counting and feeling so bad and having such intense cravings all the time and like eating one meal and be being like already thinking about what the next meal is going to be before the first meal is even gone. It, like that's just an insane way to live. And I just couldn't, like I could not jive with this concept that that feeling this uncomfortable was the way that I was supposed to feel for the rest of my life in order to be healthy. I was 23 when I had this moment. I, it was in the middle of a pig roast where I was not eating because everybody else around me was like having a beer and and eating some barbecue. And I'm there with like this empty plate and a cup of water and I'm starving. And, and I had a friend who was sitting across from me who was, she was an actress, but I didn't know at the time that she was also a health and wellness coach. And so she, uh, she like looks at my cup of water and she's like, how come you're not eating? And I was like, oh, points, calories, you know, I go on this whole spiel. But then I just started to feel so frustrated and I 
like just started barreling out about how awful I felt and how much dieting sucks. And and then I said those magical words, like, if God meant for me to be this effing skinny, why did he make it so effing hard to get there? And <laughs> like I like remember looking at her and being like, oh God, this woman must think I'm nuts. And instead she was just kind of was like, oh yeah, you know what? I think you're right. And and guess what? I'm a health coach and I'm looking for new clients. And do you want to work with me to start to maybe change some of that? And I was like, oh God, yes, please take me. Um, so we started working together and that really was the beginning of, of turning things around to have somebody catch me in just the right moment and to be like, yeah, that is crazy. That's totally crazy. And what you're feeling... Like your body's trying to tell you something. You're not nuts. Um, let's go with that and build on that. Uh, that was that was such a turning point in my life. Um, it was it actually was so impactful that it changed the course of my career. So for those first ten years after college, I'm you know bumping along in this entertainment industry, and and I wasn't you know I was doing pretty well. I uh, I never lacked for work when I wanted it. I was really one of the lucky ones, but. One of the things that I had to do in order to keep my body healthy enough to be a performer and in order to turn around this just totally undermining voice in my head that would tell me that if I wasn't like perfectly skinny or, you know, under size six or, you know, which I've never been, um, <laughs> that that I wasn't good enough to be an actress or that I wasn't trying hard enough or, you know, whatever. For me, weight loss dieting was just constantly this co- confirmation that I'm not good enough and I'm not pretty enough and I'm not skinny enough and my talent doesn't matter and my passion doesn't matter and my ability to connect with an audience doesn't matter because I'm not skinny. Like that, that voice needed to shut up if I was going to be successful. And so I started working with this health coach and I started to turn that voice around. And that experience was so incredibly powerful that it shifted, it like became like this second passion of mine to learn as much as I could about my body, about nutrition, about um, like the psychology behind how we make these ridiculous agreements with ourselves about about our bodies, about our self-worth, and how we can change that conversation with ourselves. And um and I just felt so empowered by this research and by the body of knowledge that is out there and that continues to grow about weight loss dieting and about you know the science behind nutrition, the science of food and the body and um, and the science of the brain and all of these things were like they were they were so life changing for me that they became incredibly powerful tools at turning that conversation around. And I just knew that I wanted to learn as much as I could about them. And so I would be, you know, I would be backstage between shows and I would, I, I would enroll in courses that I could learn more about this. I, I went back to school to become a certified personal trainer. I went back to become a certified wellness coach. I went back to school um, to learn as much as I could about nutrition and holistic nutrition and not ever really with the intention of changing careers, just because I wanted to know more. I wanted to talk about these things. I wanted to be a voice of authority. I wanted to just continue to learn for my own personal growth. That eventually, that second passion um, eventually spiraled into a second career, which is really exciting. Uh, and I, and I, when people ask me about that, this, they, 
people ask me a lot, actually, if I miss acting and if I miss performing and singing. And of course, I do in a way. But on the other hand, I always felt like being an actor was actually really similar to being a painter, where painters and artists, they can take commissioned work. That's that's where somebody tells them, I want a picture of, you know, this pot of flowers. And the artist, you know, using their own interpretation, paints that pot of flowers. But then artists can also make original works where they are expressing their own thoughts and feelings. And that's how I felt about acting. I felt like all the plays that I was in and all the shows I was doing, even the improvised shows that I was doing, that those things were like taking commissions. It was like taking someone's else, someone else's work and someone else's words and vision and putting my own interpretation on it, you know, using my actor's voice and, and my life experience to bring their words to life and their message to life. And when I step back and I ask myself, well, what's, what's my message? You know, what's my original work? I knew that my original work was in this field of really separating what it means, like what being skinny and being healthy, like what's the difference between those things? Because that was the piece that always used to catch me up and I think continues to catch a lot of people up um, when it comes to self-confidence and making healthy choices and doing the things that really make us feel comfortable in our skin, good about who we are, how we look, what we're doing, how we show up in the world, how we feel about ourselves. Because skinny and healthy are not the same thing. And I really have yet to come across a compelling piece of research that that will convince me otherwise. Um, and I'm sure that I'm going to get a ton of people emailing me research that they think might prove that. And I, you know what, if anything, I've, I've learned that it's okay to be wrong and I'm happy to look over people's thoughts and ideas um, and research and arguments. But ultimately what I find is that when we measure healthy, like, and we look at all these different measurements of healthy, which I really can't wait to dig into over the course of this podcast series, that yeah, Sure, lower body weight does seem to go along with healthier um, healthier numbers, but not always. And a lot of times doing like ha- like having healthy behaviors can result in like better blood test results and and better health and increased energy, better sleep, all these other things. And it doesn't always result in the same kind of weight loss in in different people and, and what our bodies look like as healthy people people looks a little different on everybody. And that's fascinating to me. I love that kind of research. It's so interesting. It makes me want to dig into like, how else can we be healthy if our goal isn't weight loss? And, and how can we approach, you know, having a healthy body without always making it about trying to be skinny? And uh, so it sparked like this whole second career for me, which shocked me when I decided five years ago, um, I had actually, I've actually been working in uh, health coaching, um, wellness programming, and um, and I've been working in this field professionally for, I was probably working in that field for like five years before I decided to leave the, the like, to leave performing for good, to, to leave the entertainment industry. I had been working part-time doing health and wellness and then full-time as an actress. And then, and then five years ago, that flipped completely. And I moved 
back to my hometown and then um, eventually into Boston. So I moved back to Massachusetts and then to Boston a couple years ago. And I went full time into the health and wellness fields and um, first into worksite wellness and programming and health coaching and now into entrepreneurship and running my own business. Um, and and I still part-time, like I moonlight as a DJ still. Uh, and you can check that out at djphoenixmusic.com. Um, and I have a, an entertainment company that I run. It's my side hustle. I'm the queen of the side hustle, divas. But anyway, um, <laughs> but I, that all switched for me because I was. it was like suddenly I'd found my voice. Suddenly I, I realized um, as, as I was doing all of, like I was saying, like these commission works, like all, all of these shows that were written by other people, and I realized that I needed to take all of these skills that I had learned as a performer, and I needed to start speaking out about the things that I was most passionate about. So I, I moved, and I left behind all of my acting gigs and DJing gigs and everything, and I, and I came up to Boston, and, and here I am. Uh, and here I am chatting with you, Viva La Diva. So now let's talk about this definition of a diva. And why I'm so attached to it. Well, you know, divas have the word diva has such an interesting connotation, and I think I latched onto it because um, it is very often used for female singers. And I am a singer; I was a professional singer for a long time, and and I love nothing more than to like belt out that perfect note and and be on stage with the spotlight on you and just have that that perfect moment. Um, so identify to that more traditional use of the word diva. Uh, but when I looked up the origin of the words, it was in reference to like a goddess. And to me, being a diva means knowing who you are, knowing your sense of self-worth, like a really knowing your worth. And I love that idea. I think that we are all deserving of knowing our own worth and really being able to be comfortable and confident in that sense of self-worth. And so that is what I want to accomplish with Viva La Diva. In this podcast, I really want to explore the things that genuinely help us to feel that sense of comfort. And I want to I dig into the things that get in the way and make us feel uncomfortable and undivalicious and, and unhappy with who we are. And I have a whole list of things that challenge me to feel comfortable and confident in myself. I'm loud and everybody notices. I talk a lot, hence why I love this idea of a podcast. I'm a ham. I'm super messy. Like my space reflects my life. And when things get crazy, which they're always crazy, my space is crazy. Um, I'm not, I'm still not skinny after all these years. And I, and you know, and I understand that that's a really loaded term because it's all relative, right? If, if you have a hundred pounds to lose someone who's only 20 pounds overweight, um, you know, may look skinny to you. And, and, you know, my best friend is, she like won the Miss Massachusetts pageant back in 2009. And so like to her, my body type would be completely inappropriate. And, and that's just because of genetics. It's about who we are. Um, but I, here I am in the nutrition and wellness world and talking to people about making healthy choices. And depending on who's looking, they may not think that I'm the skinniest person around. Um, I'm a running coach. I'm a marathon runner. And I coach other people to run marathons. And I'm not fast. Sometimes I'm like, 
I'm like squarely in the middle of the pack. And so sometimes, depending on who I'm talking to, that can sometimes make me feel uncomfortable. Um, I'm single. That makes me sometimes as awkward to talk about or think about. I'm Beyond that, I'm single and I'm over 35. Uh, I don't look over 35, but I am. Um, so there all, there's so much there, and I know that I'm not alone. And I, I really look forward to hearing about, like, as we explore all these different topics and ideas with uh, regard to our sense of well-being and inner, inner goddesses and inner divas, um, I, I just I can't wait to hear what makes you feel like you're losing that sense of comfort with yourself and, and dig into those things. So I'm so excited to get vulnerable with all of you. I think we should all unleash our inner divas together. One thing I want to say about being a diva is that being a diva doesn't have a particular shape or size or color or creed or sexual orientation or even gender. Um, I think that being a diva is... I think we all have inner divas, and and I don't think there's one look that goes along with being a diva. As much as I as uh, you know love great hair and makeup, I feel as much of a diva when I'm sweating and and in a sports bra and running outside and you know <laughs> like looking like I'm about to die. I still feel like a diva in those moments. I was feeling like a diva on my ten mile run along the Charles last night. My slow as F run along the Charles last night. <laughs> and, and I felt like a diva, damn it, for being out there and getting it done. Um, so I think that divas come in all shapes and sizes. And so, so like, let's do this together. Let us unleash our inner divas together. So if you're as excited as I am to kick off this conversation, do me a favor, go to iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. Maybe even give it a five-star rating. Um, if you really want to, if you're feeling ambitious, you can leave me comments like, I may be only one episode in, but my inner diva is ready to roar. Uh, <laughs> I love cheesy, so the cheesier you can get with your comments, the, the better. Sound good? Amazing. This is Laura J. Ingalls signing off. Until next time, viva la diva. Viva la diva.